Welcome to Still Pretty, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast from Chipperish Media. I'm story expert and Terminator without the bashful charm, Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm film scholar and cool monster fighter, Noelle LaCroix. And we're here today to talk about this year's girl and who are you, the 15th and 16th episodes of season four. This year's girl aired on February 22nd, 2000 and was written by Doug Petrie and directed by Michael Gershman. Who Are You aired on February 29th, 2000 and was written and directed by Joss Whedon. The story started in these two episodes finishes up in the Angel season one episodes 5x5 and Sanctuary discussed in Still Dead episode 9, Gotta Have Faith. I loved it when you and Kelly discussed that on Still Dead, Lonnie, because that was so much fun. (laughs) We have a lot of fun on that show. You do have a lot of fun on that show. I've got to get do a guest spot on that show sometimes. I think it'll be really fun. All right. We do a fully spoiled Buffy podcast. That means that if you have not seen all of Buffy or all of Angel or read the comic books, even now and again, we'll pull in stuff from the comic books, then it is entirely possible that we might say something that will spoil something for you in this show. So if you haven't seen everything, go back and watch it. Then come back and find us. We'll be here. We'll be waiting. Now, if it was called The Orgasminator, I'd be the first to try your basic button press approach. But as that's not the case, let's go on patrol. In this year's girl, we open in Faith's dream as she and Buffy are making the bed. Faith bleeds all over it from the knife in her gut and Buffy grabs it to finish the job. In her hospital room, Faith sleeps and lightning strikes. In Xander's basement, Xander tries to fix the broken weapon Maggie used to try to kill Buffy. Buffy is stressed about fighting Adam and finding Riley. At the military hospital, Riley tries to leave and Graham and Forrest try to stop him. In another hospital, Faith dreams of a picnic with the mayor until Buffy kills him with a knife and chases after Faith. In the woods, Buffy finds a dissected demon hung and splayed between trees. Definitely Adam's work. Back at Xander's, Buffy puts together a plan. I figure I'll go in through the elevator shaft and use the cable as tow lines, then blast open the facility doors and find the infirmary. Is that really worth all that? Don't ask a question you don't want the answer to, Rai. In her dream, Faith is running from a dead-eyed Buffy who stalks her through the graveyard. Faith falls into an open grave. Faith stabs Buffy and crawls out of the grave into the rain, finally free. She screams, and in the real world, her eyes open. She pulls off her medical gear and goes out into the hallway where she learns from a girl who is about her size that the high school is destroyed and the mayor is dead and eight months have passed. Cut to Faith leaving the hospital in the girl's clothes and hopefully she just asked real nice. In Buffy's dorm room, Buffy makes romantic plans. Hey, I'm going to help you. And we're going to find this demon and we're going to kill it together. And in the meantime, you are going to stop torturing yourself. Sure about that? It's in order. At the hospital, a detective interrogates the medical staff about how the hell did this happen? They found the girl Faith talked to. It appeared Faith did not ask nicely for the clothes. A nurse dials a phone and says it's time to send in a team. Faith goes to the destroyed high school and wanders through the streets of Sunnydale. Faith watches through a window of Giles' apartment as Buffy gets the call that Faith escaped from the hospital. They consider their options, and Buffy says that Faith is her responsibility. At the Sunnydale campus, Buffy and Willow talk about Faith, and then suddenly, there she is. 
What'd you think? I'd wake up and we'd go for tea? You tried to gut me, Lonnie. You'd have done the same to me if you'd had the chance. So let's have another go at it. See you lands on top. Buffy and Faith trade barbs and then punches. The cops show up and Faith runs off, knocking the cops and students out of her way. Buffy chases her, but she gets away. Tara helps Willow look for Faith at the college while Xander and Giles hunt around town with the blaster. Instead, they find Spike, who offers to find Faith, tell her where they are, and watch as she kills them because he's evil. Speaking of evil, the Watchers have arrived in town, so that's sure to end well. Meanwhile, Faith walks through town and bumps into a demon who says he's got a message from a friend. Faith knocks the demon down and then grabs the package and escapes. She breaks into a store to watch the tape inside. It's a video of the mayor. The package also has a little box in it, which the mayor tells her to open. When you've been around as long as I have, you make friends, and some of them forge neat little gizmos, like the one you're holding right now. And here's the good news. Just because it's over for my faith doesn't mean she can't go out with a bang. Buffy warns Riley about Faith and wants him to stay out of the fight. At Buffy's house, Faith shows up and punches Joyce in the face, then holds her hostage, waiting for Buffy. Buffy somehow crashes through the second story window, don't think about it, and she and Faith fight. Joyce calls 911. During the fight, Faith puts on the gizmo the mayor gave her, there's a flash of light, and hello, Freaky Friday, they have swapped bodies. Faith, as Buffy, knocks Buffy, as Faith, out, then destroys the gizmo. Sirens and lights blare outside while Joyce checks on the person she thinks is her daughter. You sure you're okay? Five by five. In Who Are You? The cops come and take Buffy away while Faith goes back inside with Joyce and tries to be Buffy. She takes a bath and practices being Buffy in the mirror, repeating the phrase, because it's wrong. Because it's wrong. At the hospital, Buffy freaks out trying to get back to her mother and they sedate her. At Tara's, Willow worries about Faith, and Tara wonders about meeting Willow's friends. Willow explains that she wants Tara to be something that's just hers for right now, and Tara understands. I should check in with Giles, get a situation update. I am, you know. What? Yours? Faith gets Buffy's passport and uses Joyce's credit card to buy a ticket. Buffy wakes up in the back of a police car, which is then hijacked by the Watchers, who grab her out of the police car and throw her into a truck. Faith goes to Giles's to meet with the Scoobies. Giles tells her that the Watchers have taken Faith to England. Faith promises to patrol the streets and protect the town, then goes to the Bronze to dance, where she bumps into Spike and messes with him. I could ride you at a gallop until your legs buckled and your eyes rolled up. I've got muscles you've never even dreamed of. I could squeeze you until you popped like warm champagne and you begged me to hurt you just a little bit more. And you know why I don't? Because it's wrong. <laughs> Adam meets with a bunch of vampires ready to make an alliance. In the Watcher's custody, Buffy tries to convince them that she is Buffy, not Faith. The Watchers don't care. At the bronze, Willow and Tara see Faith, thinking she's Buffy. Faith sees what's going on with Tara and Willow, and is rude to Tara. Willow sees a vampire and sends Faith out to slay. When Faith returns, after casually dismissing the victim's gratitude, Willow mentions Riley. In the Watcher's custody, Buffy grabs one of the Watchers and wraps a chain around his neck, but they call her bluff. At Tara's, 
Tara tells Willow that Buffy is not her friend. A person's energy has a flow, a unity. Buffy's was, was fragmented. It, it, it grated like something forced in where it doesn't belong. Plus she was, um, she's kind of mean. Tara suggests a spell to help them figure out what's going on. At Riley's, Faith shows up and seduces Riley. In the vampire lair, Adam preaches to the vampires and makes them into acolytes, wanting to know what they fear more than anything else. Faith wakes up next to Riley the next morning, and when he tells her he loves her, she freaks out and leaves. Buffy manages to overpower the Watchers and drive out in their van, heading straight to Giles, who has trouble believing her story. When I had psychic power, I heard my mom think that you were like a stevedore during sex. What, do you want me to continue? Actually, I beg you to stop. What's a stevedore? Willow and Tara come in, confirm Buffy's story, and offer a conjured charm to reverse Faith's spell. Xander calls and tells them to turn on the TV. Vampires have taken over a church in Sunnydale. At the airport, Faith sees the same report and heads over ready to do some good because vampires are wrong. Something like that. While the vamps are vamping in the church, Riley shows up ready to take over. Faith shows up and goes inside telling Riley to stay back and let her handle it. She goes in and faces down the vamps. You're not gonna kill these people. Why not? Wrong. Faith fights the vamps, and Buffy arrives with Giles, Willow, and Tara, who create a distraction while Buffy runs in. Faith fights the vamps inside and takes one out. Another runs outside, and Riley throws him into the sunlight. Buffy shows up, hugs Riley, and he has no idea who she is. She goes inside, takes out the last vamp, and fights with Faith, who punches her in the face, shouting at herself. Do you think I'm afraid of you? Buffy uses the charm and switches their bodies back, and Faith runs out of the church and disappears back into the wild. At Riley's, Buffy realizes that Riley slept with Faith. Meanwhile, in the back of a truck, Faith sits alone, staring off into space. Okay, Noelle, do you think anybody noticed we swapped bodies? <laughs> I don't know if they did, but let's go ahead and swap back because it's so hard to keep our identities straight like this. <laughs> All right, that was a magical body swap, and now I'm here as Lonnie, and Noelle is Noelle. And uh, first, before we get started, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Frankenstein. I brought up Frankenstein in um, in an earlier episode, and I said that Adam was a stupid name for the Frankensteinian monster, and the people on Twitter said that Frankenstein's monster was actually named Adam, and I was like, fine. I've never read it, and even if I had, I would probably forget it. I don't know. I might have read it, maybe in high school. I don't remember it, if I did. <laughs> So then Dr. Paul Moffat, a listener and a friend, said that actually Frankenstein said that the monster was, quote, my Adam. And Paul should know because he's a Ph.D. in medieval literature and has a master's in English literature. And he teaches classes at his website, clockworksacademy.com. I've been wanting to take his classes forever, but I wanted to let you guys know he actually does have a class on Frankenstein that I am dying to take. And as soon as I have a little extra time, I absolutely will. But you guys should go ahead and check it out. You can find 
find him at that Paul Moffat on Twitter and absolutely get in touch. And once you take his classes, then every time I make a literary reference and fuck it up because I will, then you can correct me and have the, you know, the legit cred of Dr. Paul Moffat having taught you that. So um, everybody <laughs> go check it out. Definitely. All right. So, Noel, here we are in this great pair of episodes. This year's girl. And who are you? And oh I just want to like, I just want to wind you up on the body swap thing and just let you go like oh a little god. tin toy so oh let's go ahead i know I you love this stuff love i fucking love a body swap <laughs> i love it i love it so much i mean me i i just want to know how it feels to move around in someone else's body right. i mean really that's that's really all it is for me i mean as a dancer as someone with a yoga background, as a queer person, a gender fluid person, like body swaps are catnip for me. <laughs> like, like, so the first, like, God, this is so nerdy. Okay. The first question that comes into my mind with any body swap is mm-hmm. what role does muscle memory play in the body swap? Interesting. Because they're clearly themselves, right? Like faith mm-hmm. is clearly faith in Buffy's body and Buffy is clearly mm-hmm. Buffy in Faith's body but Faith's reaction to having sex with Riley is clearly a psychological reaction but it's triggered by I'm guessing physical sensation mm-hmm. um and I get that this moment is like about the unbalanced force of emotional connection how Riley is engaging with Buffy's body is informed by how he feels about Buffy but it's also about this physical body and how it may register sensation differently from the meat suit that Faith is used to occupying. And I'm oh my so God. like, I'm so fascinated by this. I'm so yeah. fascinated by this whole idea and then how that plays out into Faith's transformation into someone who unironically, at least for a short period of time wants to do capital G good like it's so rich it's so layered and it's just so nerdy from a body perspective I'm fascinated by this whole thing I love it yeah you know I don't I didn't think about the body swap that I mean you have you have such a a physical kind of way of looking at the world and I have like absolutely the opposite like I don't think about the physical things at all I'm always thinking about the mental and the psychological and that's what you know always fascinates me so I love when you bring these perspectives in because it's stuff that honestly I've never even thought about before right but it's so cool and the idea of yeah what in Buffy's body is Buffy and how much of our identity is assigned to like how we present to the world. Like here we have faith, right? And she takes over Buffy's body and essentially starts living Buffy's experience, right? But she's also being treated the way that Buffy is treated. Now, Buffy is treated that way by her friends and her family who love her because of everything that she's done and shown herself to be, right? So Mm -hmm. faith is now on the receiving end of love that she has not worked for, nor has she earned, but yet she's getting it anyway. For the first time in her life, she's seeing that love. And I think it is absolutely transforming her through the experience of presenting in the world as Buffy, right? Um, And it's so neat because Faith's motivations here are really interesting. Like, you know, we see her get this 
gizmo from the mayor, right? And of course, yeah. the first thing she's going to do is go do it with Buffy. But if you think about it, like if Faith just wanted to get away, then she could body swap with any person that she wants to, you know? Right. And then just go. I mean, she wouldn't be a slayer anymore. And then that person would have her body, you know? So how the hell that would all work out would be interesting. Um, I mean, the presumption is she wouldn't be a slayer. Where is the essence of slayerness? Is it in the physical or is it in the, is it in the soul? Do you take it with you? I mean, that's an interesting question because we had two slayers swapping. We didn't answer that question, but it is kind of an interesting question. But also like she chooses specifically like the one person who would stop her like she knows Buffy's gonna stop her and when she's about to get on the plane she could have gotten on the plane Mm -hmm. but instead she goes back to this church to kill these vampires because it's the right thing to do you know right um so she's really deliberately choosing to um to have this experience right when she could escape she could escape her life she could start over she could do this whole thing she could just completely escape the world right Mm -hmm. um she could find like a you know a person who has everything that she wants who has you know family and wealth and like whatever right you know she could do anything she chooses buffy the only person who's going to stop her and the person who might just kill her for having done this you know and that's what she chooses. And it's interesting because the mayor said, you know, you just because, you know, you're going to go out doesn't mean you can't go out with a bang. Right. Yeah. So the mayor isn't expecting her to quietly do this either. The mayor knows exactly what she's going to do. She's going to go get Buffy and Buffy's going to super, super kill her after reversing the spell back. Right. Um, so or I find it something? interesting. Like, it's I, so yeah. interesting to me that that part of the air quotes plan yeah. is never really hashed out, but it doesn't need to be at that mm-hmm. point. Like, we don't even know in that moment if Faith knows what the device does. Like, she well, doesn't... She, yeah, that's true. She says, because when she throws it to the floor, you know, the body swap has happened. She throws yeah. it to the floor, and Joyce says, what is that thing? And she says, a weapon of some kind, and stomps on it. Yeah. Didn't work, obviously. Like, she has... My interpretation of yeah. that is she's misunderstood what the mayor she doesn't know what it is her. she right. doesn't know she doesn't know she's going after buffy because of course she's going after buffy right so why wouldn't the mayor tell her because like from the mayor's perspective because he's know. a trickster god but even with faith though like that you go out with a bang like is this his way of using faith because here's the thing if he wants what's best for faith he tells her this will swap with anybody. You can choose anybody. Because, see, right. that's the difference. Like, if he had told her that and she knew what it did, right, then, of course, we would know what it did. And that would ruin the surprise at the end of right. the episode for us, right? Um, but if he doesn't tell her, then he's taking away the choice and opportunity for her to, um, to like, live out, you know, live her life live a life yeah. that's that's different maybe peaceful you know not have to be able to truly escape the consequences of like the first part of her life and start over and if you love somebody then that's what you do so he's not doing this as a loving gesture toward faith he's doing this as using faith as a weapon against buffy because just knowing this thing is a weapon of course she's going to go to buffy 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And he even says, like, it's it's so subtle. I love the mayor for his I know. subtle But this is evil, evil, though. But it's, oh, it's super evil. But I love watching him be super evil. Yeah. Um, but evil I, to faith, though. To be evil to faith. But we knew that that was coming. I mean, he doesn't, I don't know. I feel like that is, that's part of. That's part of the reason that this is an evil <laughs> love, this mere faith. Seriously, because it's not yeah. actually healthy connection. It's not right? actually like, wanting what's best for the other person. Yeah, he's he is portrayed as like her, you mm-hmm. know, like boss daddy. But he's right. really, he's using her. She's just as much a tool in his plan. I mean, as anything else really Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and I feel like that's I mean (laughs) just to get all like you know metaphorical about it that feels very much like what the patriarchy says to women that like Mm -hmm. you tow the line and I'll protect you I mean he says in his video like I'm not here to protect you anymore so you're doomed he acknowledges that she is a smart and capable and powerful woman but then he's like but But I'm not here to protect you so you're (laughs) fucked you know like it's really it's that super subtle like patriarchal programming that if you don't have this this father figure Right. To protect you. Well, then there's like he says, there's no place in the world for you. Right. Without a father. Like, think about that. There's no place in the world for you. I mean, and that's just a lie. Like, faith could be. Yeah. I mean, I believe this is my bias. Like, I Mm -hmm. believe that that there is hope for faith. Oh, absolutely. But I don't. (laughs) But she doesn't believe it. Until, until the love of a good man saves her and oh, it's like, oh my God, this was so written by a man. Like it was so written by a man. And I just, yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> do I want to <laughs> well, go no, into this is like, interesting. yeah, do you want no, me let's to go, go into, into like the whole the, Riley thing. Well, yeah. Like the because Freudian, my Freudian read of this yes, thing with of Riley. Of course, okay. do I want okay. you to go into it? Are you kidding me? All right. I okay. can't wait. So for I you actually, to go into in it. order to get into the Riley Faith thing, yes. <laughs> I have to talk about Willow and Tara, which I would much rather talk about anyway. But okay, I mean, we'll get we'll get back to Willow and Tara. But I just sure. have to say um, that we've seen in previous in a previous episode mm-hmm. this idea of the parallel between sex and magic. We see Buffy and Riley having sex while Willow and Tara are doing magic and mm-hmm. we are, you know, understanding what is going on in both of these scenarios. Right. So when Faith goes to see Riley mm-hmm. as Buffy, Willow and Tara are working on their spell. Yes. <laughs> Tara is anchoring Tara is Willow's <laughs> anchor as they explore the netherworld together. Um you know Like, it's so not subtle. I love it. Uh, uh And I love that even the subtitles know what's up. 
If you watch this scene (laughs) of Willow and Tara with the subtitles, heavy breathing in brackets, (laughs) followed by breathing labors and quickens. Uh, And they're uh, making intense eye contact and they're so sweaty. And obviously. Yeah, it's very, very sexual. Yes. Well, and so, so we see... So in this moment, we see Willow, you know, fall backwards in this moment that is clearly an orgasm. Right. Um, And then we cut to Riley on top of Faith as Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the editing to me suggests that these orgasms, Willow's orgasm and Faith's orgasm, and how many times am I going to say orgasm, spoiler alert, <laughs> lots, that these orgasms have happened simultaneously or at least we're drawing this parallel between willow spending the night with tara Mm -hmm. and you know faith spending the night with riley you know we all speak film we know what this means right right? Mm -hmm. um (laughs) but here's what i find um so fascinating about this is that there's some real heterosexist bullshit going on in Faith's arc. Okay. So she is rattled by her experience with Riley. Mm-hmm. All those jump cuts when she yeah. says, no, get off of me. She right. gets up out of bed and the we get cut, cut, cut. Yeah. But we're staying with her the entire time. Right. All the jump cuts mm-hmm. because she's so jumpy. But yeah. it. It it rattles her in this really profound way, but it also straightens her out. And yes, I'm using that phrase on purpose. Okay. This idea of the love of a good man being the thing that fixes or cures a woman who is queer or fallen or otherwise um, mm-hmm. interesting and problematic is one of our favorite cultural fantasies. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You There's just haven't like, found the right man. If you, you don't like men, right it's because you haven't found the right man. Right. Yeah. Or if you are a woman who is engaging in something unwomanly, uh-huh. like, you yeah. know, or something, yeah. something less than or degrading. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many, how many stories do we have about um, women who are, participating in sex work in some way Mm -hmm. you know being like loved back to virtue by some man who sees the heart of gold inside the whore and it's really really problematic a man's love is redemptive absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. and in case you are doubting this idea of like riley as the capital g capital m good man yeah oh yeah like he's the first on the vampire hostage taking scene because he was late for church (laughs) like (laughs) come on come on but also i mean that's part of part of riley's like that's that's part of his whole character Mm -hmm. development Mm -hmm. is you know he says like if i'm not a soldier who am I? Like, what's left? His identity right. crisis is what happens when you strip that away. He says, what am I without that? And Buffy says, a good man. Uh-huh. So we've established this. I mean, we've established right. Riley as the, like, capital G, capital M, good man. Absolutely. Over and over mm-hmm. and over again. So here we have Riley. <laughs> Riley having sex with Faith as Buffy on off-white yeah. sheets because apparently... We finally got a a store in Sunnydale that's not Bloodbath and Beyond. (laughs) Bloodbath and Beyond. Which, by the way, was a joke that Noelle made on Twitter, which was so good. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god, I freaking died when everybody gets you. their sheets at Bloodbath and Beyond. <laughs> they do. But he's <laughs> But of course this is not this is not like steamy hot sex that Buffy right. and Riley or Faith as Buffy and Riley. Right. See, I, the thing I hate about body swaps is then like how do you talk about the people? I always talk in about question. them in terms of who they are inside. So that do their I. identity is defined by who they are inside. Exactly. Yeah. And this is why it's important to respect people's pronouns. It doesn't yes. matter what gender you think they are. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway. Um, yes. Okay. So Riley, good man, late for church, all the things. So the the purer, like it's even, God, this was so written by a dude. This was <laughs> so written by a dude. So <laughs> it's even better. It's even better for Riley because Riley isn't deliberately sleeping with a quote unquote sleazy girl. Exactly. He comes away from this completely untainted. He doesn't have to air quote like i'm using the biggest like right. sarcasm bubble you've ever seen but he doesn't have to lower himself he doesn't have to stoop to oh having you know relations with this woman of less whatever no right he and he says at the end i slept with you he slept with buffy right so he's he we gets have... to have hot slayer sex right dirty hot slayer sex he gets to have that without having any of the responsibility of cheating on buffy but it's not even, I don't even read, I mean, I'm sure it's hot, but I right. don't read it as like steamy in the, you know, like mm -hmm. kinky faith, you know, all of the things right. that she's taunting Spike with. That's not right. what happens. Mm -hmm. That's not what happens on Riley's suddenly off-white sheets. Right. <laughs> no, they make love. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is the idea of mm -hmm. mature sexuality right. versus immature sexuality. And yes, I'm paging Dr. Freud mm -hmm. because it's fucked up. Yeah. This experience of being loved seems to be the thing that turns faith. Like, right. I mean, it's like Angelus through the looking glass. She has an orgasm mm -hmm. and gains her soul. Right. And then mm -hmm. she finds herself as a hero in a church like it's so literal it's so it's so not subtle right right well that i mean and the thing is that we do have this we have that reverse too that like the the bad man who's turned by the love of a good woman we're actually going to see that play out over seasons with spike right oh, absolutely um so i mean we definitely play with that trope a lot and it's funny because i i didn't see it originally but now that you say it i'm like well there of course of course there it is right um you know you get fucked by a good man and suddenly you know yeah. suddenly you, you you know you have right. a proper orgasm mm -hmm. you're not exactly. you know you're not seeing who comes out on top and right? it will like, change who you are but i yeah. mean the damage in that it comes from people you know falling in love with bad people and then deciding <laughs> that i'm a good person if i just love them enough but it is very heteronormative i don't think that we see this in our you know our gay and lesbian love stories right not I mean, that we not that we have anywhere near enough of them <laughs> <laughs> we see i almost like i just want to say we don't have enough to say like, right that's exactly. not you know, yes, heterosexism exists in queer stories. It mm -hmm. absolutely does, um, especially queer stories written by people who are not themselves queer. But that's not what mm -hmm. this podcast is about. This podcast right. is about faith and being redeemed by the love of a good man and how right. like mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like gross and male fantasy that is. Like right. I just... Heather, the power of the penis, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like the power. Nothing can defeat the power, the power of, the of the penis. Thank you, Xander. Yes. <laughs> but, but for real, I mean, there's yeah. like there's this really interesting crisis of self for faith, or maybe it's the show's mm-hmm. crisis of faith. I don't know. Right. Um, but it's just beautifully reflected in the titles of this two-parter, right? Because mm-hmm. they're reversed. Yeah. Who are you could be answered with this year's girl. But that's not yeah. what happens. Faith knows who she is, this year's mm-hmm. girl, until she doesn't. Right. You know? Like, mm-hmm. it's this, it is this experience of, of switching places with Buffy right. that throws her entire existence you know, just up in the air. Right. In a way that it wasn't before. I mean, she was always, she was always troubled, I think, mm-hmm. and always had these like deep down identity struggles. Mm-hmm. But, oh man, I mean, nothing, nothing like, uh, you know, coming underneath Riley in the just, <laughs> you know, like and having the most yeah. missionary. Like, <laughs> 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 nothing like a good old-fashioned heterosexual right. you know, man on top, get it over with quick orgasm to straighten <laughs> a girl out. <laughs> All right, look, I am gonna come out in defense of the missionary position. Sometimes no, missionary is that great. shit can be I good. <laughs> Sometimes that shit can be good. Um but no, I mean I think it's it's really interesting because to me the way that I've always read this is that we do see Faith turn, and I always read it as the love that she's getting just as Buffy. The love that like she starts off, right? The first love that she gets is from Joyce, where Joyce hugs her and she can't take it. She pushes away, right? Oh you my know? god, I love that um, so much. I know. Although I feel so bad for Joyce. She hasn't seen Buffy in months, right? Yeah, They've just had this like... traumatic experience. She's supposed to hug her daughter. Jesus. Buffy's like, ew, no. <laughs> I know. Ew, no. Mom. Uh, um, but but then there's, you know, there's the scene where she's at Giles's, you know, and Willow says something snarky about Faith and she has this fantasy, right, where she stabs yes. Willow in the gut, right? Oh, God, and yes. then we come back from that fantasy and she says, I would never let her hurt you. You know, like in yeah. this really, really saccharine way. Um, and she starts like to me, like it's it's the love that she's getting as Buffy from all of these people. Um, to me, I felt like that was slowly moving her in this direction where she was just gradually more and more uncomfortable with being loved. And that was essentially what the problem was. And that Riley was just the last thing on that list. But I think the fact that it's Riley, that it's after having sex with Riley, that sex with a good man will straighten out a bad woman, you know, like that kind of yeah. thing. Like I think absolutely you're right. Um, but one of the things, though, that I wanted to talk about with regard to this whole thing with Riley, um, there's I mean, basically, let's just face it, there's nothing interesting about Riley in these episodes except <laughs> this one question. Um, of what happened with Faith as Buffy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, you can't blame him. Like, how in the world could he have possibly known? You know, like, yeah. so he comes out of this blameless. But it brings up the idea of the post facto rape by deception, right? You know, if you lie to someone to get them to sleep with you, and they wouldn't have slept with you if you had not lied, is that rape? 
right? Because you yeah. cannot get consent if somebody doesn't have all of the information, right? Um, so we need more words really for the range of sexual violations that generally occur out there in the world. The word rape carries such powerful associations. Um, and a lot of times because something isn't really you know, quote unquote rape, where somebody hits you in the head and drags you into an alley, you know, and you're screaming the whole time, right? Um, if it's not that, then we're not willing to identify these experiences as, first of all, a violation, and second of all, a big fucking deal, but it really is. So in this, you know, I'm like, is R Riley's experience of this is actually the thing that I'm concerned about. Like he has been violated. He has been used. He has given up his good semen and termed a bad woman good without his <laughs> consent. Right. Yeah. So I don't know, like as like Buffy's all upset because he slept with Faith and and. Right. But I'm actually more concerned about Riley. And the thing is, is that because this is not a situation that can really happen within the world, like we that don't we really have about. that. We know there's there's mystery out there. Who the hell knows what's happening? I don't know. Somebody's got a body swap gizmo. Freaky Friday shit. Maybe it can happen. But anyway, as with my knowledge of the world, as limited as it is, that that's not a, like something that can happen. But the post facto rape by deception, though, I think is actually an interesting question um, because that is a violation. Like if there's something that if you had known, you wouldn't have gone to bed with that person, you wouldn't have ever slept with that person. Um, then I think that there's, I don't know. I don't know. There's it's like, I'm, I'm concerned about, Riley. I feel like Riley was violated. Well, abs I mean, certainly, certainly it's, and it's, I mean, this is another reason I love body swabs is it's right. fucked up no matter what, because yes. generally speaking, I mean, being in, I mean, we talked about this way back at the beginning with Witch, mm -hmm. right? if you're inside someone else's body without that person's consent, like the body yeah. swap itself is itself a violation. Itself is a huge violation. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but we don't get a lot of characterization for Riley full stop really right we right right a, we don't get a lot in this episode but he does at the very end he says there was something i should have picked up on it and right. i just oh i feel so bad for him because yeah. like he does he feels responsible he had he he right. feels responsible for what happened even though there was no there wasn't he really could any not way possibly have known. like how would you know right. but i guess i mean i guess the the relationship fantasy like the mm -hmm. you know the relationship fantasy since we've talked about like the the cultural fantasy of the love of a good man fixing a fallen woman right um the the relationship fantasy is like oh if i'm so in tune with this person or i know so well Right. You know, this person that I love because he says, I love you. Yeah. They're in bed together and he says, I love you. So if he truly loves this person, the mm -hmm. the fantasy is right. that like he should know that there was he something know, off. Right. in the same right. way that like if you're paying the fuck attention, you should mm -hmm. know if someone is too drunk to consent or someone right. is going through some emotional shit and maybe not right. present with you or whatever like that's mm -hmm. the fantasy of course right. we can't all read the nuances of everyone in our lives at all times but right you know i think i think that's the that's the like breakdown of that love story or like the beginnings of 
Mm-hmm. The the you know the little fractures in the Riley yeah. Buffy relationship is he feels like oh wait a minute like if this connection were the connection that I believed it was I should have known that there was something right off about right Buffy. and we just had Buffy you know fighting the demon Giles and looking into his eyes and knowing it was Giles and, and I that love is that she brings that back I know she does <laughs> it's so great um but i mean we just had buffy do that with giles and saw how connected they were you know because she could do that with him she could know that it wasn't him you know mm-hmm. um or that he wasn't the demon you know um so, yeah, I just I find that um, I find it a really interesting thing. At the same time, how could Riley possibly have known? And I come down on Team Riley on this. Like, this is awful. I mean, Buffy oh, yeah. is also violated because regardless of the fact that she would have had sex with Riley if she had been in her body, somebody had sex in her body without her consent. Like, that's a whole there is so much violation, like body violation that goes on um, in this episode. And it's kind of hard to, like, parse it all out clearly. It's- you know? Oh, yeah. And it's one of those things that when you think about it, like if you believe in, you know, I talked at the beginning of the mm-hmm. show about muscle memory, but like if you right. believe in like sense memory in the body, like your body knows what happened to it. Yeah. Yeah. So even mm-hmm. if you are like, you know, there are people who believe that like your body has memory in this, like even if you are not conscious for something, mm-hmm. if something yes. happens to you, you know. Your your body has the memory of that experience. And I mean, right. I believe that's true. I know that mm-hmm. to be true from my own mm-hmm. experience. Um, you know, when you're there but not there. Yeah. There's got to be, I mean, mm-hmm. weird. Like, it's yeah. weird. Like, what? Yeah. Like, okay, for example, Buffy and mm-hmm. Faith fight right. in the church. And it's fantastic. And poor Faith punching herself in the face. Oh, Faith is trying to kill herself. This is suicide by Buffy. And then we see when she goes to L.A., it's also suicide by Angel. She is trying to get herself killed. It's so heartbreaking. Yeah, it totally is. It totally is. Yeah. Destroying that moment when she's in Buffy's body on top of Mm -hmm. her own body, trying to destroy Buffy and herself simultaneously. It just, oh, it hurts. Um, Mm -hmm. But... You know, they fight. They're very physical. They swap bodies back. Mm-hmm. Do they swap, like, soreness? Like, if I get, like, yeah. you know, like, that's what I would love to know. Like, what all swaps? Is it just right who they are, like, their personalities? Or do they swap mm-hmm. physical sensations back? I don't know. I mean, this isn't well, a right. thing that I will ever know. But it's fascinating to think about. Like, do you suddenly get magicked back into your own physical form and it's like ooh, ow that shoulder hurts when it didn't right. hurt the last time i was in this body right I mean, right well it's you know and what are the what are the edges of identity right like i mean memories are stored in the brain right so you've got mm-hmm. all your memories in your brain so if you swap bodies with somebody and you have their brain like their physical brain then you've got all of their memories and all of their experience and like what happens to your identity in that case i mean in this we treat it like the like memory and experience and all of that are part of this 
ephemeral soul that can get swapped between two bodies and where the body is just the physical expression, Mm -hmm. you know, the physical outward appearance. I mean, is it just a glamour? Do they actually still physically have their own bodies? It's just how they're presenting, you know? I mean, essentially, is that what that comes down to? That you're still in your body. Right. So it still moves and functions the way it would. It's just a glamour. Yeah. And I mean, that may be it. It may just be a glamour and that the identity part that gets swapped is simply presentation, outward presentation to the world, you know. Um, So, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Well, if you ever find a supernatural fidget spinner and you want to try it i'm i'm down like <laughs> oh baby you don't want my body <laughs> it's, a, it's old you don't know that <laughs> let's see who comes out oh on top God. rich <laughs> right <laughs> well, well hello yeah and that's another thing i mean and that's another thing like we've talked about or i've talked about at length uh-huh. about the, the queerness of the buffy faith relationship yeah and how this is i mean it's ultimately like a story about jealousy also that mm-hmm. faith was abandoned you know buffy abandons faith in all of these ways including romantically yeah. Yeah, because faith really, really hones in on the boyfriend piece of all of it. You know, Mm -hmm. Buffy stabbed Faith to save her boyfriend, and now she's not with that guy anymore. And I'm, I'm Team Faith here. I'm like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's shitty. That's real shitty. You say you you saved the love of your life by stabbing me in the gut, ostensibly, and now Mm -hmm. he's not the love of your life, or what? Like. Yeah. Right, so it's for nothing. But I mean, so much of what Faith is talking about, what she's angry about, what she's talking to Joyce, right? Mm-hmm. It's about being abandoned by Buffy. Like, there I was in the hospital and she didn't care. Right. You know, she right. left us to die. She's leaving you. You know, like she's yep. she's doing like, and she was saying this with Joyce. We have been abandoned by Buffy. Right. You know, right. Um, and the thing is that like Faith does have some responsibility. I mean, she turned on Buffy. She did right. a lot of really shitty, terrible things to Buffy. There's no reason. It was actually Faith who abandoned Buffy. You know? Um, so, I mean, Buffy trying to kill Faith to save Angel? Yes. That was not good. Not um, good. But I mean, like, you know, but Faith led up to that with a lot of a lot of stuff. But the thing that, that bothered Buffy the most out of all the things that Faith did... I think is when, you know, she was turning Angel onto her side, mm-hmm. like when she was making out with Angel or trying to get Angel, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is a whole other thing about how what matters most is the boyfriend, you the know, boyfriend. Um, yeah. and then, you know, she goes straight for the boyfriend, you know, as soon as she figures out where he is or whatever. Um, so it is it is kind of an interesting thing. But also, like, I think that Faith, I think that there's there's some of that she's in love with Buffy. Buffy chose the boy, you know, always chooses the boy over Faith. And I think that Faith feels really, really hurt by that. Um, Although we don't ever put that in textually. I mean, I think that that's part of what all this motivation is with that abandonment from Buffy that, you know, that here I am loving her and she doesn't even love me, you know, Um, which really I think is a big part of of what Faith is going through. Oh, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. Well, and we open it up. I mean, we open up this year's girl with the dream sequence right. with them making a bed together are mm-hmm. you kidding me yep. like 
come on. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's it's fascinating that this well opens and bleeding with this on sequence. white sheets, right? Yep. Bleeding on white sheets is kind of a classic, you know, representation representing like a, a girl's virginity is disgusting and patriarchal as that is, right? That there is a sense of something, you know, of a first time happening with bleeding on a bed like that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I don't know. I mean, I that I think is probably reading a little bit deep and you know how much I hate dream sequences. Oh, but um, these dream sequences <laughs> are amazing do you hate (laughs) these dream sequences because the dream sequences in in this year's girl and uh who are you are they're they're a little more interesting than like the standard dream sequence but i could live without all of it i mean but one of the things though that i think is really interesting in these dream sequences is that buffy is so clearly the villain in faith's you know faith's perspective buffy is the bad one here buffy is the one who did the bad things and buffy is coming after her like a murderous robot with no feelings you know (laughs) nothing the psychopath slow walk from yeah. every horror movie ever. It's yes. so perfect. Yes. It's so well and done. Faith is absolutely the victim. There she is, innocently, just trying to have a picnic with her daddy mayor, right? Um, you know, and then and then Buffy comes in and kills her daddy and chases her into a cemetery, you know. Oh, God, she falls so into the grave, she has to pull herself out. But I mean, in the end, she in the end of the dream, they fall into the grave together. We don't see what happens, but Faith is the one who crawls out and Buffy does not. I know. I know. You know. Can I break it down? I'm so excited. Yes, 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 please I love it do. So much. I love please it so much. Do. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So that dream, the picnic dream. Yes. Um the outfit that Faith is wearing in her dream is very much something that the mayor would have wanted her to wear. Would have picked out for her. Is yeah. it? Is it not the dress that? Isn't that the dress? The pink dress that the mayor did pick out for her? No, this is a button down. She's wearing a she's wearing a blue button front shirt that actually looks a lot like. Oh, okay. It's very reminiscent of Riley actually, which is interesting. Interesting. She's wearing this like blue yeah. button front shirt and a little pink wrap skirt, and she looks very very sweet, which mm-hmm. is you know kind of uncomfortable like it's almost uncomfortable to see faith looking like this um and then that little snake slithers between the mayor and faith on their dream picnic and thunder Mm -hmm. claps overhead right and i'm like wow okay like we're hitting the we're doing some like deep symbolism here with Mm -hmm. this like kind of this is kind of a garden of eden in a way like if Mm -hmm. you were picnicking with your boss daddy who brings cheesecake to a picnic sure which but the mayor is weird about dairy products but that's okay um (laughs) but we know this i mean yes and then buffy arrives and slashes the mayor and she's dressed kind of how we would expect faith to be dressed yep but the character that she reminds me most of is Angel with that mm-hmm. dark top and pants yeah. and then the billowy black coat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Dream Faith yeah. is all like innocently reclined, picnicking with her boss daddy, mm-hmm. looking like I think there's there's stars or there's something embroidered on this yeah. button front. And she looks so like innocent and mm-hmm it's oh god it's so good it's so good it's so good (laughs) so here she is in her garden of eden with her her you know protector yeah man person Mm -hmm. 
Buffy ruins this because she says, I told you I had things to do. Right. And I don't know. Like, I really feel for Faith. I don't know what the show wants me to feel. Mm -hmm. But I'm so firmly on team Faith. Right. And then we get this dream world Faith running through the cemetery with Buffy walking after her, pursuing her with her own knife. Which is a symbol of power for Faith, but also a symbol of the mayor's love for her and their mm-hmm. connection and their their familial relationship and their working relationship i mean yeah has oh god there's something about that knife that makes me think that faith has never really had a gift before mm-hmm. but that's the first time somebody got her something that is very much suited to her even if right. ultimately it's a gift to serve the mayor's own purposes of mm-hmm. having this, you know, violent hench slayer, you know, right. that is back and mm-hmm. call. Um, but it's such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful knife. There's something very feminine about it to me, just mm-hmm. aesthetically. And it has this twin blade, which really feels like a symbolic representation of the twin slayers that we have. Right. You know, in Buffy mm-hmm. and Faith. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, you mentioned it already. Faith falls into this open grave. Buffy follows in this very Batman-y sort of way. Yes. Yes. Which is <laughs> also very Angel. Angel very is very angel. Batman-y in presentation. Yes. Mm-hmm. We hear fighting noises. It starts to rain. And then Faith emerges from the earth. And everything is wet. Yes. And I'm just <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm like, and they have gone down into a hole together before, these two women, and gotten very wet. So I'm just going to leave that there. But, I mean, but we have, we've got, we've got birth and death and Mm -hmm. sex and, you know, and if you subscribe to the idea that all the people in the dream are representations of the dreamer, I mean, we'd go down that rabbit hole forever if you wanted to. Um, (laughs) But what I love is she that the editing here suggests that it's Faith's own yelling in triumph, pain, Mm -hmm. grief, relief, fear, whatever. I could read that a multiple, you know, there's a multitude of emotions happening for her in that dream. Editing suggests that it's her own voice screaming Mm -hmm. that wakes her up. And then she wakes up in this white hospital space like her she's wearing white mm-hmm. in her white hospital gown right. her sheets are white baptized having been baptized in this death rebirth dream mm-hmm. some powerful yeah. shit i mean it is. she literally goes it into is. a grave emerges from the underworld i mean uh-huh. persephone goes underground and then becomes the queen of hell like Fuck yeah, Faith. Fuck yeah, Faith. Fuck yeah, Faith. Yeah. And then, you know, like a boss just rips the IV out of her arm and it's like, what day is it? (laughs) Gotta go. Absolutely. So good. Oh, my God. I I love, 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 love these dreams. I love Mm -hmm. them. I love them. (laughs) Buffy says that the clean sheets smell like summer and her last Uh name is Summers. And they're making this bed together. And Faith is like, 
yeah, you can't pay attention to me because you got to get ready for your little sister. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, oh, man, I love, I love, 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 love these dreams. I think that sometimes dreams in fiction are just, look at what wacky hijinks we can do. But these yes. really feel, these feel very much like Faith's interior yeah. life. Yeah, I think that they do. I think that as far as dream sequences go, this is definitely one of the better ones. This is definitely one of the better ones. Um, and, you know, and her talking about Little Sis, of course, we know that Dawn is going to be coming um, in season five. And so, you know, we're preparing for that. Of course, the writers knew that at this point. So they were deliberately dropping that, you know, um, yeah. as a clue. Um, so that's really interesting, though, because these are Faith's dreams, not Buffy. So in right. some level, Faith is tapped into whatever the monks are brewing in the moment. You know, if the monks have already started working on, you know, dropping Dawn into Buffy's existence. Um, that's really interesting. So, yeah, I don't know. And it I mean, it's the, all very cool. I mean, and it raises the question for me, has Faith been dreaming like this the entire eight months? Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean you would guess shit. so. You would guess so. She's just reliving that. Oh, my God. You know, that trauma of Buffy coming after her and trying to kill her, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's so no, sad. It's, it's really, <laughs> really super interesting. All it. right. So let's go ahead and cover some of the other things that have happened in these episodes. Um, no. <laughs> uh, well, I was, I was going to go to Tara and Willow. Oh, all right. Okay, okay. good. Yay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Tara and Willow. Um, first of all, I love... All of this. I love Tara's sweet gentleness in the face of all the violence and the punching when she does that. I'm not really good with the she swings her hands and Willow's like the swimming. <laughs> it's so incredibly sweet. Thank you, Amber Benson, for this gifable moment. This we very gifable so moment. It's wonderful. Um, but the best, I think, like one of the absolute best Tara and Willow moments happens in this where they're having the discussion about Tara still being kind of a secret from the friends and then Willow says I wanted something that was just mine you know for a while and then and then she says I am you know and Willow says what and she says yours and it's just so sweet and my heart like breaks into itty bitty pieces and then Mm -hmm. like reforms into a big lavender crystalline thing your heart grew three sizes that day it's (laughs) nuts i cannot I love I that. But I love, I think one of the things I love the most for of Tara in this this pair of episodes is that she has so much freaking power. Like, first of all, she is the one who takes one look at Buffy and like, uh-uh, nope, you know, yep. um, and realizes that it's not Buffy, you know. Um, so I love that she instantly knows that. They figure it out together. Together they do this, you know, quote unquote spell, which is sex. But the spell itself is very powerful. And Tara is the one who knows how to do it. Tara yep. is the one who can anchor Willow while, while Willow does the other part of the spell. Like all of this is fantastic. Of course, as I've always said, great relationships are based on people working well together and great romances especially are 
are built on people working well together. Um, and so we're a developing woman. this. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're developing this, um, you know, this relationship with Tara and Willow that Willow is powerful on her own, but Tara actually makes her more powerful. And Tara has a lot of power that she doesn't even recognize. Like Tara sees, all Tara sees is Willow, you know, and doesn't mm-hmm. realize what she herself has. And she actually, I think, is out of the both of them, probably the more powerful in a lot of ways. You oh, know? absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I think she love is and doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Tara, I think we don't give Tara credit for the mm-hmm. power that she has. And by yeah. we, I mean the show. Like she's very much yes. there as part of Willow's story. And it's a beautiful right. story. And I love it. And Tara is so incredibly powerful we can yeah. see willow kind of have a little glimmer of what's going on with buffy when mm-hmm. faith comes over to giles's right. house and is like uh, just off like you can right. see willow you can see willow yeah. see that something is off with buffy but tara you know as you said takes one look you know is there yeah. for half mm-hmm. a second and is like she's not your friend yeah <laughs> <That's-> exactly <laughs> Like not exactly. good. Tara yeah. knows. Tara knows the spell to do. She knows where to find it. She mm-hmm. she has her little silver chalice pen cup on her desk, which is just Aww. the the detail in in Tara's environment just continues to surprise and delight me. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of her all of her artwork on her walls, and of course, her yeah. wonderful twinkle lights. But she has this like everything about her is mm-hmm. very magical. Yeah. And she is so powerful in her own space. I mean, Tara's room really feels like a different world. Yeah, it does. From the it rest really of does. the show. Mm-hmm. And Tara is really only awkward out in the world. Right. You know, when we see her walking, you know, they're they're looking for mm-hmm. Faith on campus and she's got this kind of awkward posture and Mm -hmm. she you know obviously does her little swimming punching gesture which is awkward and strange she's Mm -hmm. you know when they're at the bronze she's got this really guarded body language with her arms crossed really tight across her chest but when willow and tara are in tara's room Mm -hmm. tara's body language is open she's articulate Mm -hmm. she's you know laying she's doing some sort of card reading when they're having their conversation it looks like tarot yeah i'm so curious to know someone knows someone in the fan Mm -hmm. community knows what those cards are and you know can i can i have them because (laughs) (laughs) amazing but she's so self-conscious maybe that's Mm -hmm. the wrong the wrong term but when when willow and tara come sweeping in at the end to giles's yes and you know buffy is there in faith's body and they're like oh hey yeah they squat bodies no big deal and willow says tara's a really powerful witch and tara's just like just like shrinks like it's just this like shy violet you know Mm -hmm. kind of she sort of wilts a little bit yeah oh no like i want to put her back in the dark you know like Uh she needs to be in her dark room with her twinkle lights and her magic because she's so she is she is so um just exposed or just like this exposed nerve of magical power that doesn't like, how do you exist in the world with this kind of I know intuition I know. and connection to 
something well, she magical. Just, just must feel everything, you know. And yep. she's so I I love her. Um, I think I love her most when we get to season six. Season six is our like seriously powerful Tara, you know, um, which is really, really wonderful. But we'll talk about that when we get there because we'll season six and Tara is going to be a difficult conversation to have. Um, so we have some great spike moments. There are two really wonderful spike moments in these episodes. One is when Giles and Xander bump into him and he says, yes, I will find her and then I will tell her where you are and watch as she kills you. Yep. Can somebody please remember that I'm evil? And I love that because everybody's so in love with Spike that we always forget that he is evil um, and it's really really fun whenever he you know he brings that up but I love the way he plays the what can I do how can I help you know <laughs> and they both fall for it and then Xander looks at Giles and says we are very stupid <laughs> um, and then of course the interaction with the faith Buffy at the bronze which is unbelievable oh, it is so hot and I love <laughs> that moment where she says William the bloody with a chip in his head I kind of love this town you know and her whole run with him I'm going to make you pop like warm I champagne cannot. and then I... beg me to hurt you just a little bit more it is poetry it is awesome and I'm just picturing like the like the censors going wait okay we want to censor this but we can't they didn't actually say anything they didn't actually we can, yeah, we can't, the rules huh? are, yeah like it's right mm -hmm. it's right on that line of like right Ooh, wow right. okay i guess we but let them get away with this but it's as long as it's metaphor it's okay oh, you saw willow and tara you know doing the quote-unquote spell <laughs> oh my god i mean and that's my like this is hot. Can we just watch them do magic for 45 minutes? Can we for a while? Oh I'll my... be in my bunk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have some really cute Xander. Xander's fairly cute, fairly innocuous and inoffensive in these episodes, which I think Jeez. is good. But I love this one interaction with Anya where, um, oh God. Yes. where she says, or somebody says, what's wet works? And then Sandra says, scuba stuff. And then Anya <laughs> looks at him and says, I thought it was murder. And he's like, well, yeah, there could be underwater murder with snorkels, right? This incredibly, like, you know, a dumb thing for Xander to say, but he turns it around and makes it incredibly cute. But the look, first of all, the fact that Anya knows what wet works are. Of course you know? she does. <laughs> and that nobody else does. And then when Xander says something incredibly stupid, she just looks at him with this smile on her face. And it's not a, like, you know, looking down on him kind of smile the way that he does with her all the freaking time. It's just this really sweet, you're dumb, but you're cute, and I love you. You know, I mean, it's just, it's incredibly sweet. And I wish we could see some of that sweetness turned back on Anya. We never really see from Xander, like, a loving pose, a loving presentation with Anya, you know? Yeah. Um, or we don't see it that much. I think we get it a little bit in The Replacement. We get it a little bit in Season 5. But mostly he just talks down to her. And um, and he has no business talking down to her. But this was, I thought, an incredibly sweet uh, moment for Anya. And I actually really enjoyed that. I really love the moment with Xander where he's trying to fix the blaster. Oh, and yeah. He electrocutes <laughs> himself. And then he spins around to see if anyone has noticed. And they haven't. I know. And I start to have, like, Zeppo feels. I'm like, oh, oh no. Zeppo like, feels. No one, like... It's so sad. He mm -hmm. he clearly zaps himself and no one yeah. gives a shit. And I'm no like, Alexander, oh, like I that know. sucks, man. I'm sorry. 
I just want to like hug him and tell him like he's doing a good job, even if his even if his shirt is too big and his sweater vest is too small. <laughs> I know. It is it is a little bit weird. And I love later too when Riley picks up the blaster and just flips it and he's like, How did you figure that out? And he's like, Blasters are easy. And I'm like, Yeah, sure. If somebody has shown you how to use them. Right. You know. Poor Xander trying to figure all that stuff out and getting electrocuted for his trouble. He's just doing his best, you guys. He's trying so hard. I know. It's so sweet. Um, I did have one question, though, about the hospital that Faith is in. Yeah. Um, What what kind of grungy (laughs) ass hospital is that? The walls are this sickly gray green and they're peeling. And is this a modern hospital or a 19th century tuberculosis asylum? Like, what is this place? This is clearly where we put the slayer who's never going to wake up from a coma. Like, right. Just... This is the this is the bad hospital in town. Right. <laughs> just like, for, oh God, just no. for the demons, and the... it's so strange though because like what hospital looks like that? Like that's not a reasonable hospital to have. Um, but I mean, I understand they were going for like this, you know, this very grungy, dark, you know, drawn like kind of ex- existence for faith. This that, is where that yeah, rather I mean, it's than like that's this... necessarily how the place was. That's how it felt right and i get yeah. it but we oh my put god faith it was somewhere weird. to forget about her mm-hmm. in this like gr- yeah this creepy exactly. asylum haunted hospital kind right. of a thing with a corrupt nurse because we never get tired of having a nurse who's like i don't know what's going on and then gets on the spooky yeah. phone and is like it's time to do the thing with the black ops guys with Right, because if you're going to have a sleeper agent, make it a woman, especially a a middle-aged woman who's overweight. Ain't nobody more invisible than that. And in a caring profession, because, you know, we love... And I say that as a middle-aged woman who is overweight. Let me just say, all my sisters out there, I hear you. But I mean, like, society, (laughs) like, the older a woman gets, you know, the less, like, traditionally hot she may be, the more ignored and invisible she becomes, you know? And so, like, that I saw, I was just like, oh, my God, of course, we have this Nurse, you know who's going to be the bad guy yeah yeah of course of, of course. course of course we do um so we have some uh some wonderful moments of course in the body swap i really wanted to like just make a call out to how incredibly wonderful both actresses were playing the other one trying to be the other like oh like, my god it's so good sarah michelle geller is playing herself as faith trying to be buffy and it is freaking adorable and I love it. But they even get like the physicality like you see in Eliza Dishku when she is playing Buffy that she is using Sarah Michelle Gellar's like affectations and physicality, uh, facial expressions. I mean, she almost looks completely different. You know, yeah. because she is Buffy. Um, so Eliza Dushku does an amazing, amazing job with that. And Sarah Michelle Gellar, as always, is a powerhouse. I mean, she's oh, yeah. just unbelievable playing that role. God, that scene in the mirror where she's oh, looking my at herself God. in the mirror. Because it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that because it's naughty. <laughs> it's naughty. I'm Buffy. I'll kick your ass. Yep. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I freaking love that. Okay, do we care at all what's going on with Adam? No. 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 Well, you know, like, 
as you know, and as everyone knows by now, I think I I watched these episodes several times before we record. Mm-hmm. And on right. this latest rewatch, I just fast forwarded through the Adam stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like, don't I care. Don't care. He inspires these vampires to go take over a church. Nobody cares. And like, Nobody whatever. cares. You could cut all of that and then have the vampires in the church saying, I've always been afraid of the blah, blah, blah. Right. We don't I'm care. Like, no. Like, this would right. be. No. No. No, <laughs> no yeah. man. No. Yeah. I mean. I just like none of it matters and the Adam stuff feels especially in these episodes these episodes are so anchored in questions of, of like identity and character and you think that Adam thematically being a you know the evil ba- big bad that has all these identity struggles and that everything in this season being about identity um, that it would that it would at least be thematically interesting to have the Adam stuff and I just I don't care i don't either and it's such a bummer because it is Mm -hmm. such a cool it's an interesting thematic space to be and there probably are interesting things that you could do with adam totally in these episodes but because he's completely unrelated to the buffy and faith story and that's the thing that we care about yeah you know i want buffy and faith and i want willow and tara that's what I want I want like I want lesbian subtext and I want Uh lesbian text text that's what I want just all of it just give it to me give me give me all your lesbian stories I just just bring me your lesbians that is what I would like bring me your lesbians that's all I want okay well that'll give us a nice little segue into uh what are you wearing Noel? (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I am wearing so first of all I'm wearing this outfit that I stole from a girl who just happens to be my exact same size which is right Right. After but beating love, her up and leaving her in a hospital. But here we go again with the Red yes. Riding Hood, right? right. Like she's wearing a red, mm-hmm. a, like a red hooded cardigan, yep, sweater, which mm-hmm. is so beautiful for Faith as she goes back yeah. out into the wilderness right. and has to confront like. What is life now that I've been in a coma for Except eight Except she is the wolf is wearing the red cape, right? Yeah. To fool everyone else it's into amazing. thinking that she's little red riding hood it's i mean amazing. that's a, that's a deep cut but i but i see that yeah yeah, yeah. and there are, there are knits everywhere in this episode everybody's mm-hmm. it's not just sweater giles it's sweater buffy yeah. and sweater. everybody's got yeah like, these great there's all this knitwear and i just mm-hmm. for whatever reason like the ping of connection i had was the fates being yes. weavers or mm-hmm. like this idea of like all of these you know, all this knitwear, all of these woven fabrics being connected mm-hmm. to the idea of like what your destiny is and yeah. what that, you know, that connection to identity again. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, that's kind of a, that's a little bit off road for right. <laughs> for this. But I just, I was fascinated by the, just the sheer number of mm-hmm. sweaters <laughs> that yeah. we have. Just, it's like every yeah. team Scooby is team sweater. Um, Team sweater, yes. When Buffy, Willow, and Xander are out patrolling and they find the mm-hmm. vivisected demon right, thing yeah. that's just so delightfully disgusting, mm-hmm. they their outfits are very Scooby-Doo. Yeah. At least to my eye. Like, Buffy is wearing this leopard print coat, which is mm-hmm. amazing. Willow's ridiculous hat paired with a ridiculous sweater. And then I already mentioned Xander's yeah. mm-hmm. whatever that is that he's got going on. <laughs> like he doesn't he doesn't yeah. look right somehow. Yeah. But also he looks very he looks very right in the yeah. cartoony sense. 
Yes. So, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, we're clearly doing a thing with the the Scoobies versus Faith, right. who has this look that then apparently she manages to find on some other person that she knocks out because yeah. she only wears that that sweater and the little floral T-shirt for a short mm-hmm. period of time. Yeah, I, my guess is like she a, breaks into some pleather space and steals yes <laughs> the know, pleather store the pleather store where you get your pleather uh god i want to call it a boob tube what are those called tube tops <laughs> tube tops there you go <laughs> like the lowest possible tube yes. tops. Mm-hmm. and i'm like wow faith faith looking like faith stealing faith joyce's harlot it. lipstick it's perfect yes it's absolutely. perfect we love to see faith look like Faith. <laughs> i also love that joyce has a harlot lipstick i think that that's pretty cool well I like she, joyce having a having a nightlife having a dark clearly. side i mean well i think she probably bought that when she started going to book club because oh, maybe. you know mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like, pat liked it yeah pat pat liked the harlot too <laughs> <laughs> all right i think it is time for oh not with a girl pal big <laughs> what's your girl power moment of the week man man oh man okay like this is so minor but it just brings me yes. so much joy buffy comes crashing through the window of joyce's oh, the bedroom. second story okay like, can we talk about that for a second yes. i forgot to talk about that oh, how in the abs- hell does she get the momentum to come crashing through a second story window and why does she not just use the front door i i don't know i i i don't know I, insurance fraud that's why. Because in like, the time it takes her to climb up the tree and I, then start swinging, so she back and forth, just on a branch, I'm guessing, so she can get the momentum yeah. to come crashing through. Could she not have, like, quietly opened the door, snuck upstairs? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I love the, hi, mom. <laughs> hi, sweetie. Hi, honey. Like that, that exchange. <laughs> Like, yeah, I, I don't know. There's something there's something really wonderful about that. Mm-hmm. It is um, really nice for me. And I, don't I think know. Joyce gets a girl power moment of the week, too, because, I mean, here she is. Right. She's like, are you going to stop talking? You're just going to slip my throat. Like, when are you going to get to that? And then when she says, oh, I'm thinking my daughter is going to kill you. And Faith goes, is that a fact? And she goes, no, it's a bet. And I really like that from Joyce. Yes. So good. So, she so was good. very good. She was very, she was damseled, but she was really good at being damseled. She handled it well. Yeah. I mean, you can mm-hmm. you can be a badass hostage. That's a absolutely thing. you can. <laughs> All right. So, Noelle, what's your favorite part? Oh, my God. Well, we know how I feel about lesbian witches. Oh, That's sure. Just, I mean, how can that not be my favorite part? Sure. Right. But mm-hmm. I also love <laughs> I love everybody's everybody's favorite work dad giles being a distraction at the church <laughs> our, our, our tiny tiny babies tiny tiny babies it just it brings me so much joy it's pretty wonderful it's pretty good lonnie what is your favorite part of this oh my magnificent God. pair of episodes spike popping like warm champagne man that interaction (laughs) that interaction with faith and spike and spike thinking that it's buffy and you can see the look on his face and again i make my argument he fell in love with her in season two when he was watching her on the videos fighting and he was so impressed with her and he is in love with her now and when she says that to him and he goes i get this chip out of my head you and me are gonna have a confrontation and i was like damn straight confrontation (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what the kids are calling it these days. Confrontation is the name of the game. <laughs> oh my god! But that whole run that Faith does with him <laughs> can make you pop like warm champagne and then beg me to hurt you just a little bit more. And the look on his face is the best. I love it. <laughs> All right, if you enjoyed this conversation and would like to join in, come find us on Twitter. I am at Lonnie Diane Rich, and Noelle is at Noelle Aloud, and the hashtag is Still Pretty. This episode of Still Pretty was brought to you by the Chipperish Media producers who support us on Patreon at the power producer level. These people are the reason why Still Pretty is coming to you free and ad-free right now. So thank you to our December producers, Shelly, Abigail, Kristen, Noelle, Jonathan, Alyssa, Alice, Erica, Sarah, Kevin, and Heather. And this week's special message for our power producers, we don't have time for bondage fun. Except we do. We always have time Except for we always fun. do. There's always time for bondage you fun. You know what? You make time for the things that are important to you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right. To find out how you too can support Chipperish Media, visit patreon.com slash chipperish. Other ways to show your support, write a great review on Apple Podcasts, tell your friends about the show, or be Willow's anchor to the netherworld. Chipperish Media is taking a couple weeks off for the holidays, but we will be back in January with Superstar, the 17th episode of season four. Until then, dark hair, this tall, name of faith, criminally insane. I like this girl already. Yeah. <laughs>